Welcome to Life With Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host Panos Anagnostou. And I'm your co-host Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back. Another episode of Life With Your Dog podcast, uh, episode 100, part two. Hectic. How are we doing, my bro? Good, man. What's going on? Yeah, not much. You know, another beautiful day. It was a, it was a good enough day to jump at the jump down the beach across the road from my house. So it was very nice. So can I- You had a swim? I, I didn't fully jump in. I took Leonardo down there. So we were in, in amongst it. I didn't fully yeah, jump okay. in though. Just it's hard to like jump in with him there. It's like, it's such a you can't really back time to a rock or something. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> well, I guess I will be getting told off by all the other parents, probably. Yeah, yeah. In amongst <laughs> the jet skis down there. <laughs> oh, no, but been a beautiful day. How about you? All good? Yeah, man. It's the, the weather's warming up. I was saying to Rach, like, um, you know, the mornings are cool, but you can feel the warmth in the sun now. There's yep. a difference, you know. Yep. There's, a very, there's a real difference between the morning sun today and the morning sun, even two or three weeks ago. Just it's that chill, the chill is just, it's just out of the air. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. It's our turn yeah. to enjoy the sun. So yes. Yeah. Let's do it. I feel like we got a bit ripped off this year. May was cold, right? Winter came early. So we lost like a month of spring, uh, autumn. As far as I'm concerned, May was cold. And then we actually had the coldest Sydney day in like 30 or 40 years or something. Oh, it was legit? a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. like June or July. There was one day it didn't get above like eight or nine degrees. But I oh, mean, the people fact. who listen to this who live in the UK or like <laughs> America, stop, stop like it doesn't snow in Sydney, they're probably thinking like, shut your face. But it's cold enough for us. Yeah, but we get 40 plus degree hot days. So, you know, that's, that's another that's thing. That's funny though. It doesn't matter how cold it is. Um, when I'm training dogs, I never, ever, ever wear long pants. I always wear like, you know, like my my work shorts yeah i don't even own a pair of work pants well they say for safety actually sir to be wearing long pants um depending if you're dealing with dogs with potential aggression and actually good good tip for you guys to know as well as if you are working with dogs that may or may not bite you but you know you're a bit concerned is not to be wearing tights or thinner pants um or mm. pants that are like a too close to your legs you want a little bit of bagginess to it so there's something for them to grab and same thing if you're out bushwalking um for like snakes and stuff they will go for the closest thing which is like your baggier pants so mm. um little safety tip bro yolo you're not working with a puppy wear your long pants <laughs> yeah all right so let's let's pick up where we left off um which was uh episode 52 funnily enough um so that was reviewing the ndts certificate three in dog behavior and training right so that was um when was that? That was like, uh, I guess, not long so after I did my ago. first block of training up at Drool there with Glenn and Kana. The 4th of Man, October last that year. That feels like a long time ago. Yeah. Not even a year ago. But yeah, a lot happens, huh? Crazy, crazy. Yeah. So if anyone is potentially uh, listening to this in Australia and you're, you know, possibly considering, do I want to learn more about dog training, potentially, you know, qualify myself? Uh, you know, Panos and I, that's the course that both of us have done. Um, and, you know, it's pretty much the gold standard as far as 
I'm concerned in Australia for sure. In yeah, terms no. of, you know, there's obviously further qualifications and that kind of thing. If you want to go really deep, like Glenn calls a bit of a taste tester for a lot of different things, but it's like, it's kind of like table stakes, right? If you are sort of serious about qualifying as a dog trainer in Australia, then that's kind of like your first point. I would, I would say, what do you me think? Too. There's, there's heaps out there, but, but NDTF for me is one of, one of the ones that, that must be done. Even if you're not keen for, certain types of um, techniques to apply them. Good to understand it, to be well-equipped and well-versed in it all. So you're mm. getting it from professionals that understand it and utilize it appropriately. And the theory's there, the practical's there. You have to do your complex skills. So you've got to actually show that you can train a dog and not just regurgitate the theory. Um, I, I love the man. 10 years ago when I did it, um, still been recommending it and, and only getting positive feedback from it. So, And mm. I get nothing from it. I'm not part of the NDTF except for the fact that, you know, um, they they trained us and qualified us, but um, check them out if you are in Australia. And um, we should find out what um, if anyone else knows a good one, a good place where you can get qualified um, everywhere else around the world. Um, hit us up in Instagram, so it'll be good for to direct people that way as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, our episode fifty three. My dog keeps digging. How do I stop this? Pretty self explanatory, um, and probably one of the biggest. Um, complaints that new dog owners have, especially puppy owners, you know, digging in the, in the grass is like the most, the most common behavior. So check that out as a Q and a to fix that one up. <laughs> yeah. Just a short one. Um, episode 54, essential equipment for dog training. Part one. Wow. Well, we did that one in part in two parts as well. So obviously there's a lot of different pieces of equipment that we as balanced trainers use uh, and or recommend. Right. Um, well, and there's even some here, I'm looking at the list now, like we have harnesses, flat collars, martingales, check chains, prong collars, halty, flat leads, slip leads, long leads, and equipment that we don't recommend. So we have things that we have, even like the halty, for example, I'm not a big fan of, but neither. we need to talk about it. You need to put it out there. Just as I said, we don't want to be biased. We'll talk about every single tool and how we like to see it and use it. But um, I think it was a good episode and it had to be in part two because it was bloody so much. Mm, so equipment's much. important, man, because it's like... Yeah. You know, it's, it's like good the, tires on your car. The only thing that's keeping you to the road. It, that's um, exactly on the right. Road, right. It's a good analogy. Yeah. Yeah. It's the umbilical cord. 100%. So important. Um, is it my turn? Episode 55. 55. Yeah. Go for it. The recall. Teaching your dog to come when called. Probably the most important command, I would probably say, to teach your dog. Um, so that's why a whole um, episode, a Q&A was dedicated to it because it's a very common question. So mm. teach your dog to come when called, especially if you, don't, if you want it to enjoy your dog off the leash, if you're risky yep. enough to do that, a recall and downstay, 100%. I've been, I've been um, doing some sunset obedience with Shadow down at the park in the last few weeks, just sharpening up his recall. So I go nice. down there and I use all the off-leash dogs. It's not a dog park. It's a park with dogs, right? Mm -hmm. um, as we've discussed you know, ad nauseum previously. Um, but it, yeah, it's Whereabouts, a park bro? with dog, uh, Kyle Bay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Kyle Bay. Um, so we go down there and I take shadows dinner with me. I mean, I'm sure he knows I've got it. We've done it enough times, but I just pop it in a little bag in my pocket. So it's like a, um, indirect reward. And, you know, I just recall him off dogs, recall him off different stuff that he's interested in just showing him these, these different pictures and he's on a intermittent, schedule now with that as well so just mixing it up and it's getting really sharp like really awesome. really sharp like i can get him to turn on pretty much turn on a dime now 
for almost anything. Um, you know, we've had instances previously in the last few weeks to a month, and this is sort of why we started doing it more. Um, you know, I was paying attention to his behavior and, you know, he took off a couple of times chasing like runners and stuff like that. You know, he's Kelpie's border collie. He's got that prey drive, yep. um, just likes to chase things. And we we're sure. playing ball a couple of times and he took off and there was, there was one or two times where I couldn't recall him off that, but now mm. I can for sure. Yeah. So awesome. We've Beautiful. worked on it. And you're just yeah. rewarding him with that with that food, or you're rewarding with with the ball and the toys as well. Both, both. Yeah, I mix it up. Awesome. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, that's awesome. Very, very good tip to put out there for. But people. that's his dinner as well, right? So we do it at yeah. like you know whatever five o'clock. He's hungry. He's good to yeah. work, and then he works for his dinner. I put one cup in the in the little sandwich bag, and down we go. Perfect. Love it. I think it's your turn. Oh, is it? Is it? <laughs> 56, essential equipment part two. Like it continues, you know what I mean? There's a lot of equipment to cover. Yeah, we didn't list, or did we list? Oh, yeah, we have clicker, tug, ball, tree pouch, crate, exercise pen, and enrichment toys, and a muzzle. So those are the equipments that we covered in that episode. Mm-hmm. Um, again, the ones that we think less about, but um, but really important. Mm, muzzles particularly. Yeah, muzzle condition your dog just for the sake of it. I think it's a really um really handy thing to teach. Kana put up a good video the other day actually of her doing like a first session with a dog with a muzzle oh, and nice. um conditioning him to, to you know put his head into it and she was putting kibble into the muzzle mm-hmm. and then just marking it as he would put his as he would put his um nose into it basically. Yeah. Yep. Just shaping him using that. 100%. Um yeah, it was interesting to watch. And th- those are those are beginning steps, right? You know, getting him like we said, like like the party hat, having the muzzle upside down. Every time he put his nose, his nose goes into it, you reward it. Because just for a tip out there, if you do need a muzzle dog, just don't just shove it on your dog's face and go, "Hey, cool, let's just deal with this very stressful situation." Teach him how to use it and do it when you don't need it, because you'd be surprised when you may actually need it. Mm. Um, especially if you don't want people to touch your dog, just put a muzzle on him, walk down the street, and no one, everyone leaves your dog alone. <laughs> That's yeah, a good point, actually. That's Episode point. fifty-seven, inter- interviewing Brent Dry of the Canine Company. That was a really yeah. Good well, we episode. only just had him on like two or three weeks ago now, and uh, that was the first time he came on. So yeah, that was, was really an interesting good. episode, right? Because it was um, Melbourne was in pretty hardcore lock. Well, I mean, even this time they they are still in lockdown, but that was like I think the sort of first time they had gone into a really really hardcore lockdown, um, and so you know. Victoria went through it before we did, you know, we, we didn't really have that until this sort of, you know, this current one that we're in now, which is sort of like four, 12, 14 weeks now. Right. Um, Victoria really, really copped it. And like all our dog training colleagues down there, you know, they weren't able to basically have a business or work for, for quite a few weeks or months there. Well, they're in lockdown six now. Right. And they've had the same sort of extreme lockdowns that we're experiencing. So it was good because he was, um, he was talking about it was a good opportunity to talk about what he was doing because in that time that he was in lockdown, he created his own um, um, video series for group group training, group class training, and um, it was awesome. So I did purchase that video and I, and I checked it out, learned a few things because I was just starting to do group classes myself. Um, so anyone interested in doing group classes, um, he's Pick been running really website. successful. I think mm. he had like he has like something like eighty dogs on the field at once. Obviously, different That's classes. Mental. There's a lot of dogs, right? With a lot of good yeah. experience. And if you're going to learn from anyone, I think the That's best awesome. thing to do is I love that is to get that from from him. So yeah, go check them out. The Canine Company. Um, is it my turn? Your turn. Go for it. Encouraging partners to have better relationships with their dogs. Yeah, that's a 
that's always a heavy one, you know, because there's always people that are into dog training. I find usually as an average, there's always one one person in the family that's a little bit more committed than the mm. rest, and they start to become very well versed with the basics of dog behavior, dog dog um, psychology, and and then applying it. And it can get so frustrating when, you know, your partner or your wife or whatever um, other family members just aren't following through. And I guess that can kind of cause a little bit of miss, you know, no friction. Like, yeah. yeah like more we, friction. You know, we want everyone to be on the same page ideally. Right. And it's like important totally. to sort of, whether that's your partner or whoever that you live with, or you even just your friends when they come over, like you just, just have that conversation. It might be a little bit uncomfortable at, at the start, but like if you put effort into training your dog, you know, I, I often tell clients like half of owning a dog, especially puppies, right? Half of owning a dog is dealing with other people's expectations and other people's attitudes, exactly. right? Because as humans, we have this concept of, you know, manners and da, 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 all this kind of stuff, right? In terms of like, oh, I don't want to be awkward and like tell my friend not to like, yep you know, let my dog jump up and all that kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, but you can, you, you've, you've got a choice. Like choosing not to have that conversation is still a choice. So sure. well, in this case one. here with, um, cause that was a Q and a and Amanda sent that in and says, how do I encourage my husband to build a better relationship with our dog? Our dog's difficult to walk. He's reactive to other dogs and needs to be carefully managed. This is why we wanted to adopt him, but we took a chance and this is what we have. So you can see there that not only is it going to be inconvenient for training, but here it could be potentially dangerous. You know, one, you know, the, um, the, the other partner basically not following certain protocols, which means somebody may get bit. So mm -hmm. you know, I guess mm -hmm. very important. Yeah. All right. 59 interviewing Liz Jackman of whiskey's wish. Yeah, that was awesome. So that was, um, you weren't involved with that um, conversation. But mm. um, so it was just me and Liz. I did listen down. to it. That was really good. It was really good. You know, I've been, um, me and Liz have been, well, I've been helping Whiskey's Wish basically with the Sydney sort of um, participants um, for their, you know, they're all ex-veterans and first responders working on therapy dogs and training them up so we can, you know, basically get these dogs in their public access jacket, which means that uh, we can um, help more people. And it's a, it's a really, really, um, Good cause. So anyone that needs support or you know, know that needs that sort of support, go check them out at Whiskey's Wish for them. For yeah, for service dogs. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Stray dogs. What should I do when I encounter one? Yeah. That's a, you know, like I just in the last, well, since obviously I lost my dog. So that's, she could have been basically a stray dog. But just the other day, my mate called me. He's like, hey, bro, I just found a dog on Grand Parade. What do I do? You know, mm. and um, it's important of, certain actually in fact i kind of forgot that i did this one maybe we could have used that one to um to to um to reference when we were doing it with nookie but basically how to approach a dog know what your experience level is as well not just grabbing a dog thinking that you know what to do and then you get bitten or you know you make the dog more scared and things like that and you know having your local rangers number number one thing that um we should do as soon as you as soon as you get off off the um, off the phone listen to the podcast get your local ranger's number in your phone because you never know when you need it. And they, they act promptly now, Eri, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. We've got, we, you know, there are the council employs professionals to do this kind of work. So don't necessarily like, it, it's hard, right? Like when you see a dog sort of lost on the street, like the, you know, your instinct is like, Oh my God, I, like who, where's that? Where's the owner? Like I want to help the animal. And it's like, well, you know, that is that necessarily the safest thing um, or the most appropriate thing? Or is there perhaps like a professional around who can, 
I guess if that. you're not sure what to do and you are feeling a bit scared, keep your eye on it. Keep make sure that he's not running onto road just randomly. You know, dogs get scared mm. and they just bolt onto the road, cause an accident and things like that. But also keep a slip lead in your car. Just a spare leash at any time that you need it. If the dog's willing to come up to you, and a lot of the times I found I, I find heaps of stray dogs, and a lot of the time they don't want to come up to me, but at least I can kind of scare them into somebody's um, corner of their front yard or something, and then give them a call or not corner them, but you know keep an eye on them, follow them around because if you have the time and and as well, how bad would you feel if you just drove past? Oh, there's a dog on the street. Depending on where you live, maybe you see that often, but in our area, and we live in the same sort of area, is that. It's an odd thing. You shouldn't just see a dog just running around. Yeah, it's pretty rare. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not like rare. you're following people's cats and trying to find their home. You know what I mean? Like, cats do their own thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. right. What do they say? A dog, is a, a, a dog is a pet and a cat is an animal that just lives at your house. Yeah. Or, or the other one is dogs have masters and cats have slaves. <laughs> well you've got you've got both so you tell Romy's me Romy's cool he's cool he's a good cat but yeah he's certainly yeah there's definitely cooler cats like I certainly work for him though, Rach, that's for sure. that Rach doesn't really like cats full stop but I I like certain cats there's some yeah. cats that are cool and some and some are just like and I was re- I was <laughs> I was watching this uh meme on I was TikTok or something the other night and so they're saying like someone was saying like no the reason I like cats is because they're assholes like don't yeah. you get it <laughs> well look man I think um when people say I'm a cat person or a dog person, like I don't, I don't like that shit. It's just whether you mm. like cats or dogs, I don't really care. Um, but cats certainly have a different energy. You know, we we have cats for a whole different reason. There, so it um, so to compare them would be doing an injustice to both the breeds. Yeah, it's just a lazy opinion. comparison because they're the most, I guess, the two most common, you know, domesticated animals in our modern society. That's the only real reason they get lumped together. That's true. I think also you can compare them because I guess they're both predatory animals where a lot of other pets are like basically prey. Unless you own an eagle or something like that. That's pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) All right. 61, interviewing Alex Edwards of Refine Your Canine. I wasn't around for this one. No, and Alex is a legend, hey? Um, Yeah. Really good. I love his content on on, um, Instagram because he lives like in the – Sort of semi-rural area, doesn't he? He's got lots of acreage, yeah, and he's got yeah, yeah, and he does his big socialization um, yeah. walk. So he gets yeah every dog around in his big ass paddocks, and and he runs his workshops like that. He does a whole bunch of like walking trains and and lots of different stuff. Um, and he's been in the game for a long time. He's 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 been mentored by so many of the the elite trainers. Like you know, he he personally knows Michael Ellis and done a lot of work out there. And you know, with all the trainers that that are involved here in Australia as well. Like we're all part of the same clique and um, always a good time with Alex. Definitely go check out his stuff. hundred um, percent. All right. Episode 62, small dog syndrome. Is it real? That was a Q and a that came in. and Everyone says, Oh, my dogs are small dog syndrome. You know, I think it's real. Yeah. I'm going to put my hand up and say, I all think right. it's real. Let's, let's have a quick chat about it. Um, tell me what you think is real. Oh, okay. Maybe I'll give you my point and then you can counter it. Maybe. Is that um, my my basically my rebuttal to that is that mm. generally when we see the small dog that can do less physical damage, we treat it less in, seriously than if we had a larger dog that was displaying the same behavior. We would we treat that like, like we play it down sort of thing. 
Well, like people are like, look, I've got a German Shepherd. He's, he's, he's five months old. I know he's going to be big and I don't want him to mm. wear like, you have the Cavuto. You're like, I don't really care. Like, yeah, he's small. Like he barks. Oh, it's so mm. funny. Well, like you couldn't do that with anything medium or Maybe. large. Maybe. It's, a, it's a big problem. But then I know what you could probably say. So I'll quickly put that out there, especially owning a small dog myself, is that they feel a lot more insecure. So I guess they feel like they have to react more um, as well as, of course, depending on what breed, like chihuahuas, yeah. of course, are barking at you. But um, I'm not saying it's unjustified, yeah. but I just feel like, I don't know. I feel like I've seen more, more small dogs that sort of have a chip on their shoulder maybe or, fe- or feel a little bit uneasy in it's themselves. Of how and we, it's like, why do yeah. dogs react? Oh, often it's like, again, going back to Brent's episode the other week, it's often a lack of, how they feel, you know, they may not feel so confident, that kind of thing, right? And so they... For sure. That's true. However, if Nookie was barking and trying to, you know, like the dash hound, you have a dash hound or Nookie, yeah, he's like barking at the end of the day, bah, 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 bah. and then you're walking past, it's, it's, you can easily hold that dog back and then deal with it. But then mm-hmm. saying that, so then to counter it, because I guess there is twofold, and it's good that, because that Q&A was just me talking, is mm-hmm. that um, you line up 10 dashies, um, ducks ones, you, you know, you know that 80, 80, eight out of 10 of them, maybe you'll go six out of 10 to, to um, is it, is it going to be so yeah, maybe they're awesome dogs, dogs, but they are they just can be well, a certain breeds will have that behavior, but look, man, there's, there's loads of bloody, my best mate. He had a really cool sausage dog growing up. Like we grew up with her. Her name was Chloe as well. Incidentally. Um, Awesome dog, but she <laughs> every time she um, saw the next door neighbor's German Shepherd, she wanted to murder it. And I was like, "You're gonna get yourself eaten alive!" And she just did not give and give a fuck about that dog. Like she would have just fought it and probably gotten herself killed. Well, they have a look. They for dachshunds in particular, I believe that I've seen original dachshunds in Germany, and they're quite large and they're quite robust sort of looking dogs having to flush badgers out of badger holes, you have to have some sort of tenacity and, and aggression about you. Mm-hmm. And now that we keep breeding them smaller and smaller and smaller, cuter and cuter, we're breeding more of those temperaments into them and, and health issues. Um, and that, that's my opinion about that. So yeah, maybe smaller dogs can have that. But in my opinion, from what I've seen, it's a lot of the time how we, how we deal with it. It's, it's on our end of the leash, um, mm-hmm. in my belief, yeah. Um, yep. Anyway, all right. episode 63. On. Useful tips for dogs during a heat wave. Um, obviously, I did that when it was like 43 degrees or something in my backyard. Mm-hmm. So a um, couple of tips on what to do if it gets really hot. Um, if it gets really hot in your area, definitely check out that episode. Yeah, we're coming into summer again, as we do every year. Obviously, Sydney generally has a longer summer than a winter, more or less. So, you know, heat, heat, uh, heat distress, heat stroke, all that kind of stuff. It's yeah, older serious. dogs too, you know, 100%. Mm. You know, yep. I remember when we um we would look when we were doing dog mining here, and gentleman dropped off his dog this big Malamute. She was like thirteen years old. Her name was Molly, and um he dropped her off. And then the next day was like the hottest day of the year. And I'm like, why did you bring the bloody snow dog to my house on the hottest day of summer so you can go on your holiday? Um, so obviously we had to like cater to her. We had to make sure like she wasn't overheating and everything was all good. And inside the house was really hot. Outside was probably cooler, but then hotter as well. And it's just, it's a balance, right? Especially if you're looking after dogs, the last thing you want to do is um, we've got to make sure that we're responsible, doing the right thing. And lots of fans and lots of big pools for them. You know, there's big clams. Mm-hmm. You can just lay in it. But then sometimes they say as well, just for a useful tip, to wet your dog and then take them for a walk actually makes them hotter. Yeah. Um, oh, really? Yeah. yeah it's like scuba suit, you know? So mm. um, if they've gone in the water and they're swimming, 
I think is a lot different because they've cooled down by being in that body of water. But um, but to hose your dog down, then take him for a walk, especially if he's darker color, will actually make him really hot. So interesting. There you go. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, Shadow is black, and this is pretty much his first summer. Like you know, he he was pretty sheltered from the elements last summer, being so young. Um, and I'm noticing like on the hot days, he definitely he's a bit slower. Like he he seems for to. Sure. You know what I mean? Because yeah. he's jet black. Like he picks up the, and he's got a really thick coat. And so, yeah, yeah, just, you know, be mindful of that stuff. Totally. In saying that as well, a lot of those dogs have like that double coat and it kind of like insulates them and things like that. Um, like, for example, Samoids can really insulate their, their, um, like their, their coat, they insulates them very well, even mm. when it's warm. But yeah, it sucks, man. When you see them um, on those really hot days, just make sure you do the right thing. Yeah. Mm. Yep. 64 uh fireworks season how to help your dog get through it well we're coming up on that hopefully this year we'll see what happens with covid if they don't cancel it but you know summertime people letting off fireworks fireworks are going off anyway regardless yeah i heard them going off the other night and i was like um aren't we in lockdown (laughs) well i guess you could you don't have to go out to do fireworks so that that kind of makes sense anyway that's true but um no if we know fireworks happen in our place spades stresses hard about that so Mm. it's um from firsthand um, experience, trying to, you know, minimize the, you know, you're not really stopping that anxiety um, in my experience, but you can certainly minimize it and teach them coping skills. And then also like, you know, management around it, bring them inside, put some music on, you know, um, you know, actually last year I had, um, I had his dinner with me all in Z week peak that night. And I just marked and rewarded every single firework. And he actually, I did that for a couple of nights, like around new year's. And he, he started like, he's not as, as scared, you know, he doesn't do much. He just pants a lot, but like mm. I can, I can snap him out of that a lot quicker now. So he recovers a lot quicker, which is pretty cool to see, but it does take a lot of time, especially because fireworks aren't going off all the time. Mm-hmm. That's a problem too. Yeah. All right. Episode 65. What dogs have taught Panos in 2020? Well, um, yeah, I thought, I guess I would make a cool episode to kind of wrap up the year and, um, and yeah, listen to that if you're interested. I can't even 100% remember everything that happened there, so you should listen to that. <laughs> oh, even the last 10 months so much or nine months so much has happened, you know? So, Yeah, um, man. Yeah. I reckon uh, it's funny, right? I think in terms of COVID anyway, I think this year's actually, well, for Sydney, and we can only speak for Sydney, um, I think this year's actually been worse. I mean, definitely it's been worse in terms of case numbers, but like it's more eventful. Like we kind of... To be fair, we kind of sailed through last year relatively unscathed, and I think it made us complacent mm. on in one thing. Anyway, this isn't a this isn't a COVID podcast, but like yeah, I hate talking about it, and then we're talking. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Anyway, yeah, no, look, so much has happened, but look, we can flip it always to be that. Well, how adaptive did we become? How mm. much are you strong under pressure? How, how did you react? Can you are you there for your mates? Are you supporting yourself? Are you supporting your loved ones? Um, what does that mean about your dog? Your dog's there to teach you stuff. Um, your dog got you out every single day. You could have stayed home and played oh, PlayStation. I'm so grateful for Shadow, man, honestly. Like I can't, I cannot imagine the current situation without him because he gets me out of the house. We go to the park. Like he's my- But not even that, right? You know what I mean? He's my buddy. Like, like we just hang out, like all that stuff. For sure. You know like I mean? for example, my, my mate had to put his dog down um, not long ago and, um, and his comment was like, it's just the house is different. You know, there's a different energy. The energy. The yeah, absolutely. You know, so- um, you know, but but we have to like really f- focus on um, focus on what it is that we're learning from it. Like bring it to light, you know. And I think that's mm-hmm. um, it's a really good time because it does affect the way that you um, interact every single time with your dog if you just take it for granted, you know. Mm. Um, 
All right. 66. How do I get my friends and family on board with training their dogs? Similar theme to, I guess, that other one we were just talking about before. Just like everyone being on the same page, right? Mm -hmm. Some people are less into it than others. Um, I guess that's more specifically about training the dogs, right? But like, again, I think it's just really important for everyone to at least sit down and have some sort of discussion, right? About being on board. This one is more about how do I get my friends? Like, oh, Luke needs to train his dog. How do I get him to train his dog? <laughs> um, mm. And it's like, I don't know if you can make him train his dog, but I guess you could lead by example. You can ask, you can recommend. So like, look, listen to that. It was one. like a guy who had a friend who thought he thought he should train his dog. Is that what you mean? We have Roger, an avid listener of our podcast. Hey, Roger, how you doing, my brother? Um, has any question following up? Wait, from- is that the same Roger that bought us the scotch? Yes, yes. Oh, and- what a mad dog. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. And he says, following question from episode 12, why do we have dogs in our lives? And he goes, trying to get some great detail. Sorry, I'm just reading this out loud. I stopped doing that. Look, it's basically, yeah, if you need a... Look, I don't go up to anybody and say, hey, I'm a dog trainer. You, um, I can help you. Like, I don't do that. I used to because I was young. I didn't really understand. But like, it's kind of... Yeah, they've obnoxious. got a want today. They've got yeah, a want Look, I don't even want to see anyone. What do they anyone. say? The, the, the teacher... When the student is ready, the teacher appears. And I, I really... Not even just talking about dog training. I think that's true in general. Like you have, they have to seek it. You have to seek what you are wanting to learn. You know what I mean? Dog training or anything else. It has to come from within the person who, who wants to learn it. Exactly. Well, look, this, as I was just saying, um, the last thing you want to do is tell someone they need help. So then like, well, I'm here because you Especially when me. you're the person who's and- like offering do you know what I mean? A paid service is like, fuck off, idiot. Like, who well, like that. And then also like, I never asked for it. So then even, even people that have to buy council orders aren't generally, I don't see very committed to the training unless it just happens to like, why would they be? Them. Otherwise they would have done it in the first place. Exactly. So then to help your friend, to help your family, I would say we have to change our minds and I'm sure I will we probably discuss that, but it's, it's a very interesting topic because especially when you start to get excited, like, Trust me, you should do this breathing technique. It's changed my life. It's like when yeah. I want to change my life, maybe we can have that conversation. Well, you know? There's a saying, right? Like you can't, you can, uh, a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still, yeah, right? It's and it's like, everything I say is garbage. Everything you say is gospel. So I can't convince you to do anything. You have to, you have to convince yourself. You have to tell yourself. That's true. hundred percent. Right? Well, like, you know, you're listening to this podcast and to say, Hey, you should listen to the podcast. Like you know how many episodes there are for you to commit to every single episode. It's a lot of, it's a lot of time listening. Even and, I don't listen to them. <laughs> you know, so then, so then saying that, then why is it that anyone will do anything they have to want to? And there's a lot of people that have listened to, started listening to it and want to listen to all of them. So mm, you've got to, you got to pick and when choose. I, mm, when I, I pretty much listened to all the canine paradigm episodes. I went through, I've missed, I've, I've been off a little bit lately. Um, I fell off a bit, but like at one point I listened to every single episode they put out and I will guarantee you listen to the ones that I've missed. I just like, I'm on a bit of a break at the moment from, from podcasts in general, other than recording this one, obviously, but for sure. That's yeah, a bit look, of a man, sidetrack. Like, yeah. Look, you can, you can lead a horse of water, can't make him drink it. So um, yeah. anyway, check that out. All right. 67. Redirected aggression. What is it? Yeah, it's a, it's a good, good topic. Um, and, and very few people have to experience it, which I'm very happy about. But um, um, you want to describe redirected aggression? Uh, I, don't, I don't have it in front of me, man. Have you got it? 
Oh, you just want me to just describe the the concept of it? Sorry, I think I meant the episode. So redirection means like when the dog, for example, is frustrated or that kind of thing, they're on the leash and let's say you correct them or whatever and the dog can actually come back at the handler, right? Whether his his initial source of frustration or whatever, you know, the thing that he was being reactive towards, aggressive towards, um, may have been another dog or another person or whatever, but then he turns around and sort of redirects that that um, that aggression onto you as the handler. He comes back at you, right, exactly. on the leash. And, yep. and it's all got to do with like adrenaline. They can't they can't deal with it and especially when like a lot of pressure goes onto that leash or you like push them, yeah, it's like, nudge them. It, you know, people who might be someone's best mate get trying to get in the middle of a fire and they, and they cop exactly. one in the face. It's the same thing. It's like outside of that, you're best mates. But like in the moment when the, the neurochemicals take over, you know what I mean? The adrenaline, and the fight or flight, that kind of stuff, you can cop one in the mouth, but it's like might have been your best and mate. Never, be like, oh my God, what personal. have I done? Yeah, never. Yeah. It's, it's generally not personal. Like when both your dogs are fighting and you go to break it up, you're getting bitten. Because of redirected yep. aggression. So. It's like the people who um, think like that their dog would protect them in a, you know what I mean? In a, mm-hmm. if someone attacked them or that kind of thing. And it's like, <laughs> don't be so sure. Exactly. hundred percent. Or sometimes if you were like, I saw, you know, um, things happen when, when two dogs are fighting, I saw a video of two, do- like three dogs are fighting, two dogs are on the same side, but then, when the other one was under stress and the other one came to save him, he turned onto the other dog. Exactly. Like friend dog. So, you know, not, you're not thinking under that, which I guess kind of is a good segue into episode 68, which is mindset versus behavior. And, mm-hmm. um, and then it says he and Luke is back. So Luke had a little bit of a break, um, had things going on and I had a hiatus. hiatus I'm back. Was, I was, was in back. the back cave. Yes. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> came back stronger than ever before. But basically, um, mindset and behavior is, look, the only thing I guess I'll explain about this because it's a really, really cool topic and something that I'm really into is that um, behavior is generally a reflection and a manifestation of mindset. And the best way to change mindset is by influencing and changing behavior. And what a massive paradox, um, but it is true. Um, and to listen to more about that, especially if we're dealing with dogs like with fear, aggression, um, anxiety, and things like that, overreactivity, um, we have to we have to influence mindset by regular practice. Um, mm. So yeah, yeah, love that. All episode. right, that was a good one. Sixty nine. Teach dogs what you want them to do. Don't focus on what you don't want them to do. This is one of the mm. biggest things I think I've learned from you, Panos, over the last couple of years, and it's something I really try and um, instill into my clients is is this right it's like it's well first of all like even in a technical aspect you know we know that punishment can only stop something it can't make anything else happen so if i tell shadow off or i correct him for doing something i can only make him correct in the sense that that doesn't tell him what he should actually do it just tells him no don't do that Mm -hmm. right whereas if i tell him no do do loose leash walk or do go on your bed do be calm that's that's telling what I do want rather than being yes. like, no, 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 no. And he's like, oh, is this, is it this, is it this? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, don't hump John. No, no, don't jump on John. No, no, yep. don't, sni- don't, don't sniff John's crutch. You'd be saying, hey, hey, buddy, on your bed. And in that moment, it's just so it's much easier. It's so clear. Yeah. And it's <laughs> one thing. And like, same with loose leash walking, right? Shadow heel. Cool. I know what that means. Mm-hmm. I won't do a million other things. I won't bark, lunge, growl, sniff the ground. You know what I mean? Do all that stuff. No, I'll just loose leash walk next to you. Exactly. Be clear. 
tell them exactly what it is. And then your, and then your correction will actually mean something more than what it did before. Mm. And it does, and it saves a lot of stress and anxiety as well. Mm. Um, episode 70, choosing a dog. Oh, this is a really cool um, episode because just only like a week later, my mate asked me all these questions about choosing a dog. I'm like, you should listen to episode 70 about choosing a dog. But, um, you know, a lot of people are getting dogs, especially over this lockdown period. Like there's no dogs in shelters. There's, you know, breeders are still busier than ever. So um, choosing the right dog is really important because especially what I've, what, what I've noticed is people get drawn to the way a dog looks or their childhood dog or the dog that their friend has rather than looking at the characteristics um, their life uh, characteristics of the breed lifestyles of the individual and experience levels and all that. So yeah. Anything to add? No, it's, it's a very important one because you, you, you know, realistically, and look, we know this isn't necessarily the case, but it should be the case is that when you choose a dog, you're making a decision for, you know, 10 to 15 years. And yep. unfortunately, you know, the shelters are full of people's regrets and people's bad decisions. So if you take the, foresight have the foresight to um you know sit down and actually think about what's an appropriate dog for my home for my lifestyle can i provide this dog what it needs am i being selfish by you know bringing the wrong kind of dog into an apartment for example or Mm -hmm. that kind of thing like you have to really take these factors into account in order to be like a responsible dog owner right and and make the right decision for you and your family and, and for the dog as well, you know, biological fulfillment, all that kind of stuff. Totally. 71, impulse control. This is a big one. Very, very, very important topic, right? Yeah. Because it's like I feel like a lot of what we as dog trainers teach our clients is like or for their dogs as well is like just the dog has never been taught to have impulse control. Yep. They've never been taught to wait or taught to look for a signal before crossing through a door or crossing the road or eating his dinner. Or even right? better, like, they even better to add to that is you know, not only have they not shown him what to do, is that they reinforce all those behaviours. Mm. He, he wants to say hi to the dog, so he jumps at the dog. Okay, go say hi. <laughs> and then that's an impulse that he hasn't controlled. He goes, oh, mm. dog. And then saying hi to the dog. I need to go here. Oh, and... Yeah, we have to teach them all those things. That's what about whole- owner's impulse control as well, right? <laughs> like I've been the I've been the mean guy before when I'm training Shadow and people doing these ones across the park at me. And yep. I'm like, no, no, like, sorry, yeah. just keep going. Thank you. Like, exactly. where does this come from? Where does this assumption come from that like you should just march yourself and your dog up to me while we're while we're training? I know I sound like a snob, but. No, look, yeah. and, I, and I think I've thought about this as well, is that why do people let their dog jump on all the dogs and i think about like why why do it and i'll tell you exactly why it's just kind of like the done thing right if you if you asked anyone i don't feel like they could they would necessarily have a really good answer it's just kind of like oh isn't that just what we do no well yes okay for sure and there'd be that that ignorance to it but i guess a deeper thought a subconscious thought probably is that look i can't be bothered trying to teach him not to run up to that dog it is so much easier or they don't know how they don't that's, have, a, that's a different one. Yeah, That's the ignorance of it. Like, I don't know, he's not what we do, but it's much easier to let him get, run up and say hi to the dog than it is to like get him to focus on you and to loosely walk. We don't know how to do it. We've never been shown. Isn't that what they do? Isn't that okay? Um, and it happens all the time. Like, no, it's not okay. Can leave him up. Like I'm working full time in a bloody park, teaching session ones in a park. It's the worst, right? And then there's people up every single day. I'm like, I'm like the Grinch of the park. Get your dog out later. Get your dog away from you. It's like, can't you call your dog away from you? And blah, blah, blah. 
and it's dangerous, man. Some of the dogs that I'm, I'm ha- we're hanging out there, luckily they're muzzled because a lot, a lot of them are aggressive, you know? So, but I reckon people do that because yeah, it's an impulse control thing. I'm excited, but I think it's like, look, just go say hi, get over and done with, we continue walking. Um, do you reckon? What do you reckon? Yeah. Yeah. I think we've, that, that pretty much covers it. Listen to the episode. All right. 72, interviewing Birdie O'Sheedy. Good old Birdie. Love Birdie. She's, she's a good sister of us. Um, definitely listen to that. You know, she's very well-versed in dog training. She's a dog trainer herself. She's um, a clinical a psychologist. psychologist. Yep. Um, for first and foremost, she's in the industry, been on the canine paradigm a bunch of times. Um, and I personally know her and, and, and we've chatted about it many things. And on the show, we talked so many things about the outside of the leash for the human, what it is when we get anxious, when we see the dog approaching and we know our dog's aggressive and how to um, something that she calls drunk, drop the anchor, which is to like find a meditative state to like become strong and centered within yourself so that you can give direction to your dog. Um, mm. And talking about all that side of stuff, as well as being a li- like, you know, deep in the psychology, but also out there in being open-hearted, being open-minded. Um, you know, I think every single person can benefit from what she has to say because it's about human psychology, not only about dogs. So yeah, hundred percent. Love. Yeah. If you, if Birdie, if you're listening, we love you. <laughs> we love you, Birdie. Shout out to Birdie. All right. 73. Practice, Practice patience, patience persistence. and persistence. Yes. The three P's. Um, probably the most important thing with any skill development, you've got to be, you know, you've got to practice patience and persistence with everything that you do. And something that the modern person has probably lacked. Um, in our sort of insta, instant society, right? Like we want everything mm-hmm. yesterday. I've been guilty of this before, for sure. Yeah. That's probably we one of the biggest things I've learned from Shadow, I would say, is more patience. You know, patience is definitely a common theme. Like I did actually talk about Birdie. I did on one of her workshops. And one of the things that she asked, like something that your dog has taught you. And when I was looking at the third, it was like, I don't know, like 50 people on there. And like every second one was patience, patience, patience. My dog taught me patience and such a, and especially being a father, patience is everything, you know, because you, because without patience, what are you? You're frustrated. You become angry. You know, you become a tyrant, you know, mm-hmm. dictator, all that sort of stuff. So um, and persistence is something that people suck at too, because as you said, instant gratification. I want things yesterday. What do you mean? I have to keep working at um, working at it so I can become good at that skill. Kind of like learn jujitsu in twelve days on an online course. It's like buy a black belt. Yeah. Well, like you know, even if you do the NDTF course, yeah, you're like, yeah, you're like certified as dog trainer, but like you're a dog trainer when you train all the dogs. You know what I mean? Like, there's no, there's no persistence is everything, and and then also practice. So like do the thing and the more you do it the more you practice with your training the more that you work on that recall for example when you said before about um having shadow up in the park and you're now in that proofing phase of that recall that's your practice patience and persistence because if you had no patience with it you would have stopped it you know when he was five months old you know not doing all those basic stuff on long leads and stuff so um you know and with practice patience and persistence anyone who's successful with any skill developing is doing those things. So, yeah. Amen. <laughs> yeah. All right. Episode 74. Episode 74. Interviewing Inter- the lovely Kana, Kana Wrench, who's uh, Glenn's head trainer at Canine Evolution up at Drool, up at the Central Coast there. Um, that was a cool episode. I like Kana. She was, you know, she, Glenn gets a lot of credit for um, teaching the NDTF in Sydney and as he should. Um, but the reality is like Kana teaches half of it. So, um She's a real 
wealth of knowledge, obviously, otherwise she wouldn't be Glenn's head trainer. Um, super knowledgeable and, that was, and was very, solid. very well experienced with like a lot of aggression um, cases as well. For sure. Look, it was a um, solid episode. She brought to light a lot of things that we, we, we constantly preach about, but also gave a, a good different perspective to a lot of things as well, which is um, really, um, really important for our podcast. You know, we don't want to, that's why we, and we're going to try our best to get a, a lot more guests on um, because we don't want to just be echoing the same thing. We want to be, if people are going to validate some of the things we have said, but also to give a different perspective. I think that's super important, um, mm. especially as educators, so to speak. Anyway, episode 75, aggression cases. Um, it was a Q&A and that came from Savesh. Um, actually, me and Savesh have been chatting a little bit when I was on Clubhouse. I kind of stopped um, for a while, but, um, you know, he's doing lots of good stuff out in India. Um, he's starting his own dog training workshops and he's doing dog training sessions for people out there. And um, he's awesome. And he had a few different questions and it's very hard, very hard to answer anything about aggression um, through a podcast, through Zoom, through... Um, through a book and through training manuals, it's very hard to kind of give advice like that. So you're very hesitant how I answered some of those questions, but go check it out if you are struggling with aggression in your dog. Yeah. Uh, where are we? 76. Oh, okay. So we were, um, we went on the canine paradigm earlier this year, right? So our guest appearance. So we just reposted that. That was such a good experience. Like, cause we've had Glenn and Pat um, on our show. And uh, it was not, It was really nice to um, be invited to go onto their show. We went up to Dural. Um, God, that feels like a, a lifetime ago, given the current circumstances in terms of lockdown. But like, yeah. we got to um, go up and 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 do that in the studio up up at um, Pet Resorts at Dural at, at Glenn's place. That was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Was, that. It was a solid episode. A lot of people came back to us um, saying how much they enjoyed it, and you know, us for um, you know shooting the shit and talking about dog stuff was. Um, good time you know and it's good for us to collaborate together and and stay strong i love I'm, i was loving that awesome <sighs> episode 77 tips for senior dogs well spades is definitely a senior dog now you know being almost 11 his birthday's coming up what should we do big birthday party huh? um but um yeah look, you, what think- do you what do you do on his birthday just give him like his favorite dinner or um give him like yeah, a nice definitely. bone or something we're like we cook some food Cook some, yeah. cook some meat and stuff, you know, something that he doesn't yeah. get. But, you know, the problem with yeah. that, you know, one time, like, oh, I'm going to spoil you. And I had, like, this extra meat. And it wasn't like it was bad or anything, but it was extra for what we needed for dinner. So I cooked it all up. It was, like, you know, beef and this and that. And because it was so bloody rich. He's you know, the worst up. diarrhea. No, oh, really? I said diarrhea for, like, three days after. I'm like, I'm trying to do your favor, bro. <laughs> I'm sure he enjoyed it, though. But, look, it's like us, man. It's like, oh, man, we're going to celebrate. And how do you feel on a Sunday after Saturday night's celebration, right? So, Maybe mm. that's his. Maybe just go with the like the cheap soup bones next time, bro. He'll probably enjoy it just as much. Well, how about that? We're talking about tips of senior dogs, and we and I said how like I screwed up my dog. Look, um, obviously the like I think the lady here she said her name's Madison, ten year old Silky Terrier, um, and yeah, it was. Just listen to you can just listen to it. There's nothing much to say about that. Yeah, um, seventy eight. Shelter, shelter dogs. dogs, unseen variables in their training. Yeah. That was a that was a solid one because we had such a such a question list from um, from Saharai from out in California, and um, yeah, look, awesome episode. And actually, we said we're going to get her on. I'm going to write this down because we're going to get her on. And actually, I think she has also started her own podcast. Um, damn, 
Well, well we should in, we'll invite her first. I'm, we'll I'm going right. to give her a shout out now. You read the next one. I'm going to find her. If right you're now. listening to this, we're coming for you. All right. Um, 79, body language and the environment. Yeah, that was that, that that was when that came to me. I'm like, no, nah, that definitely needs to be talked about. Um, just real quick, the shelter story with Wolf Mother Canine. So I haven't listened to any episodes. I'm putting it out there. Um, but episode one I see here is what is an animal shelter. So hey, check out. Um, let's check that out. Support for for her because she does so much good work there. And as I said, we're going to get her on here so we, she can um she can give a shout out to her own show as well. Um, body language in the environment. Yeah, totally. You can't have one without the other. What's body language without anything happening in the environment? You know what I mean? Mm. Our, our dog's body language is, is a gauge or like a thermometer of what's happening in the environment. So if my dog starts to like look up in the distance and put his paw up and his tail goes up, I'm like, oh, something's happening over there. Or something happens in the distance and my dog starts to react. So if you want, if you're involved with behavior modification, if you're trying to build confidence, if you're trying to, you know, um, lessen anxiety and things like that, you need to be aware of cues and body language. You need to know what's happening in the environment, with being aware of what's going on with that situational awareness. And you hear the loud bang in the distance. Like, for example, if I was in the living room and as soon as I hear some firework out in the distance, spades, like as soon as I hear it, the moment I hear it, I just mark it. And I, even if I don't have the dog there, I'm just going to mark it. And then Spades like looks up at me like, you're serious? And I get up to the fridge and I've got to grab something pretty quick. Um, <laughs> so that's like the environment and body language because sometimes I'm like, what's wrong with Spades? I'm like, oh, shit, it's about a thunderstorm yeah, or whatever. Or you know what I mean? Mm. So environment, body language, there's like that mindset and behavior sort of paradox. Mm. Um, yep. And it's that chaos and order. It's a yin and the yang. It's always like it's the two sides of the coin, which is, which is where we can kind of get to a roadblock or in training, or it could be like a, a breakthrough moment. It's like, oh, one is without the other. Confidence and manners, they, they yep. both have to work together. So, yeah. All right. Episode yeah. 80 was a Puppies 101 series. So um, someone wrote in, my puppy won't walk outside. Yeah. That's it. It's a, it's a common one. Why should your puppy walk outside sketchless? Right? Yeah, it's such a good. That's such a good point. It's like people, yeah, people with puppies ask me. It's like, oh, my dog hates the leash and the harness. I'm like, why wouldn't he? Mm, exactly, it's a human thing, and not only and like just- the big scary outside world. Like, yeah, imagine exactly. you put yourself in his shoes. Yeah, you know what I mean. Exactly. I, I'm not. I don't. I'm not like criticizing their question. I'm just saying, like, yeah, just see no. it from the dog's perspective, right? It's like, first of all, leashing a harness and going outside in the big, scary, unknown world. Um, on and as well, it also, um, you know, serves to reinforce reinforce the point about the the critical period, right? And why it's so important to do all this stuff from day dot. Obviously, with you know small steps, but like the the second you get the puppy, you need to be showing him the outside world because if you wait too long. I'm really sick of getting phone calls from people like, oh, my vet told me not to d- take the dog out before mm. 16 weeks. I'm like, yeah. cool, that's great, you know? Welcome, like, welcome to the club, huh? Yeah. <laughs> the frustration. So um, to give um, context, Kelly asked about a 10-week-old Labrador. So super young and, of course, so Kelly, this is a thing as well when we have the very invested um, listeners or clients. Um, again, not, not, not a bad thing at all is that now here we may be expecting too much too soon or sometimes when you see those puppy owners they have like the five-month-old dog and like the puppy's like super confident super driven really competent 
sometimes asking way too much of them too soon can kind of burn them out in the long time in the long term so especially here with like a 10 week old puppy i wouldn't expect the puppy to be going anywhere and i think kelly needed a little bit of reinforcement there to be like just hang out in your driveway just make all fun things happen in the driveway until you have your puppy's keen to walk next but to force them three four houses down the road maybe too far so Baby steps. Yeah. Baby steps, read baby the situation. Steps. Read the dog. Every dog is different. Some dogs are like can't can't wait to do it, right? But every dog is totally a dice exactly. roll. Every dog is different. That's okay. Eighty one. How to approach dogs safely? Yeah, that's a big one. Mm. Especially like with that stray dog one, right? But even when you go to people's houses, you go to someone's house and you just like walk up to the dog and touch them on the face. Um, some dogs may not like that, and especially mm. if you're a child, right? Um, so a quick little bit of advice for you, of course, you should listen to the episode, is um, instead of putting your, shoving your hand in his face so he can sniff it because he could smell you from far away anyway, um, just get down low, show the side of your body to the dog, tap your leg. If the dog's willing to walk up towards you for a pat, then you know that it's all good. If the dog doesn't want to come up to you, leave him alone. Yeah, that's it. Mm. Um, anyway, episode 82, bringing home a rescue dog. Yeah, that was fun. Was that a Q&A? Uh, I can't remember. Gannon's question. Yeah, it was a QA. and um, And we've kind of covered it before in a few other different episodes, but yeah, we talk about bringing a puppy home or bringing a rescue dog home certainly changes things. So um, just real quick things like dog proof, associate the dog, like have a place already set up for the dog, um, assess the dog before you bring him home and build some confidence, introduce him to people and dogs gradually, but not all at the same time. And one last thing I'll say about that episode is journal. Journal the things that you how he's been going, what's his progress like? Because without it, you may not see where you're going with it. All right. Next Absolutely. One. 83, desensitization via distance and flooding. Mm. Yeah, that's a, that was a, that, that was, a, I remember that got me, I wouldn't say triggered, but that was like something that I had to really work on. What was that? Four months ago, something about. Um, Someone messaged you, didn't they? Yeah, it was from Jace. She says, are you do you like rely on flooding or like and how much distance work do you do and and it started like sparking the thought of well you really got to do both when you're out in public you haven't got to confine and you're not work training dogs in a vacuum where you know exactly how far everything is dogs can pop out of nowhere right behind you um you have to learn how to deal with it so i wouldn't say that's particularly flooding them but in those moments they're certainly getting flooded and you need to be able to respond and deal with that appropriately so um, it was a very good, thoughtful episode. Um, definitely check that out. If you're that, if you're working on trying to desensitize your dog to other dogs, to loud sounds or to people and things like that, um, listen to that because there's many variables. It's not just about when your dog sees something, just reward them. There's so much that comes to it. So, yeah. Mm, absolutely. 84, naming a new command, which is a mm. Q&A. Yeah, totally. Don't name it till you love it. Thanks, Michael Ellis. Yep. Anyway, next. That's all I'm going to say about that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. 85, how to keep it simple. The, keep, the kiss, how to keep dog training simple, right? Yeah. The kiss principle, huh? Keep it simple, stupid. And don't overwhelm it, you know? Um, so many times, especially when you're like, you're nervous, when like you're in front of the trainer or you're like, oh, I've got to get it all right. Or, oh my gosh, I'm trying to, like, if we, if we overcomplicate it, even if you overcomplicate the whole process before you even start actually physically training, overcomplicating it always gives you a roadblock. So keep training simple, break it down to baby steps, 
and keep falling forward. You know, if you have a bad session, it doesn't matter. Next session, we'll just make it better. Keep it short, keep it simple and give yourself time. You don't need to fix a dog by tomorrow. I know you're excited, ambition and all that. Rome wasn't built in a day. Yeah. And look, I'm so guilty of it. I started learning how to like do sidekicks just recently and like I wanted to be good at it. And it's like, hey, let's just reassess how good I am in like three months time and just do the training. Just do it. Just do it as part of your ritual, part of your practice. And then we can reassess later instead of like trying to make it good. Why should it be so good so quickly? Mm. Um, but again, that's that whole instant gratification thing, right? Mm. 86 is it aggression or predation and everyone gets confused by the difference right they'll say oh my dog got really aggressive and killed my bunny rabbit i was like i don't know if yeah shadow shadow ate a bird when we were walking in when he was like 16 weeks old and it's like he's aggressive if you asked him i mean he would just say i'm sure like everything that mother nature's put into him in that moment told him that he should eat that bird yeah it Did was, he eat it? He it, it? Yeah, he fucking ate it, bro. Oh, he wow. ate the whole thing. Yeah. He just ate it. It was alive. He just, just snatched, snatched it off the pavement. He was like 16 weeks. What? I, I, I reckon he would have been lucky to be. How, he would have been no How than, big is this bird? What bird was it? I didn't even see the thing on the footpath. I only saw it going down. I, he was <laughs> on my left. He was on my left hand side. Rach was on my right. Walking down the footpath, just chit chatting. And then, and then, and then, Rach goes, "Oh my God, he's got a bird!" And I look down, and the things in his mouth. You just think all it was I like a, little... was a, a wing flapping, oh, and it was gone. It was gone. Do, in do a you reckon it was like a little baby chick fell out of the nest or something? I don't know, man. How did he catch it? He's fucking quick dog. That's crazy. Well, look, he's a so very there is a, that that bird was prey, and he consumed that animal. So you could not call that aggression. Aggression is out of defense or territorial or resource guarding. Um, or it's like a, it's a social thing. It's a display of dominance. Dominance can move into aggression. So, but there, if it was a chase, catch, and eat, kill, consume, yeah. you know, that's predation. Um, that is predation. So, that's yeah, when, the, when that's the, you know, that's nature at its finest, basically. Exactly. Um, well, depends on who the you animal ask. kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> if you ask the bird, it's not perfection, right? <laughs> um, what if you right. ask the worm that the bird eats? Yeah, that's true. It's a perspective right. then, right? Mm. <laughs> but it is per- it's per- it's perfect because it all fits in. Yeah, exactly. I know what you're saying mm. now. Fuck mm. 87. Too much freedom too soon. That's mm. kind of self-explanatory, right? You give them you give your puppy too much freedom before they can earn it, what happens? You lose it, yeah? Discipline equals freedom. Good management. Household Always. management. 100%. That's a big theme. Yes. And um even with that rescue dog, don't just go to the rescue dog home and leave him in your house while you go out to go shopping because your mm-hmm. other dog used to be able to do it. So micromanage your dogs when they first come to your, to, um, under your care and then you give them freedom as they learn to be able to earn it. Very, very important. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, episode 88, separation anxiety or separation distress and, you know, basically Knowing what the is difference. the difference? Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's a big difference and it is a very important um, conversation to be had, especially with people that have got dogs that can't settle on their own. So definitely listen to episode 88 because it's a very, very common um, issue. Not an annoying problem like digging. It's more of a problem problem for dogs, neighbors, your, your things. Um, I think separation anxiety kind of affects everybody um, more directly than anything else. And separation anxiety can cause digging too but um but separation distress and anxiety 
can be two different things in the way that we describe it. So go check that out and let us know what you think. Mm. 89. How do I find the right treat for my dog? It was a Q and a episode. Mm. Yeah. And the best thing to, to say there is that the dog determines what he finds reinforcing, whatever it is that the dog wants to reward, whether it's um, a bit of kibble and that is the best food. And also it depends choose. how you've taught it, but. Yeah, that too, for sure. Well, how about Nick Dalton the other day? He was saying, we're talking, he's like, bro, the only thing my, my greyhound likes to chase, he doesn't even really like food as a reward sort of thing, is um, the fluff out of the bed. So he'd teach a dog to do this stuff with luring, but then like to get a little bit more um, drive out of him, he'd throw the fluff out of his, like when he would have some in his pocket and throw that fluff. And the dog went mental. Like, I mean, like crazy for it. It was like the funniest thing I've ever seen. Mm. So I'm like, hey, man, if that works, and your dog's that keen, then that's what how you should reward that dog. <laughs> I had a little, um, I had a little dog trainer chuckle the other day when I was train doing the recall training with Shadow at the park, and this other dog, you know, ran across the park, and the the owner came to get it because she she had no recall on the dog. That's not what I was laughing at, but she came to me uh, and was just we we're just chatting for a second. She goes, "Oh, you've got you've got treats on you," and I didn't. I couldn't be bothered explaining to her. I was like, no, there's no such thing as treats for Shadow. This mm-hmm. is his dinner. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. It would have it would have probably gone over her head, but like just the concept of like existential food, yep. um, which is something that I learned from like Glenn and, and particularly like Pat's course. Um, such a powerful concept, man. Once well, you, the second, once you understand the second it. point of um, episode 89 is treats are food. Don't get it mixed up. You know, what food is, is food? Yeah. yeah, food's food, right? Typically, so like, look, and then we go into the difference of like, well, if you don't want to go that route, how can you make food more valuable and basically just find what the dog wants to eat? Um, and you're down with that. Episode 90, when dog training hits a plateau. These are really common one for the people that are interested at, in dog training and they're taking things to, like, they're not just like, oh, how do I fix this one thing? And cool, thank you. It's more about getting on board with training and going down the journey of it, just like with anything. Um, and I think you explained it perfectly in that episode is talking about the hockey stick is that we get a really big spike of progress and success, but then it can't just keep going up. So it plateaus. And then how do we manage training and life and expectations there? And, um, it was a really interesting episode. Um, so, um, yeah, suss it out, check it out. Uh, where are we? 91, 91, making obedience commands fast and flashy. Everyone wants the flashiest and flashiest behavior, right? Speed um, comes from understanding, right? That's a um, Bart, El- Bart, what's his name? Bart Bellin, Bart yeah. Ellis, <laughs> Bart Bellin quote. It's their baby. <laughs> Me dead. <laughs> um, um, yeah, speed comes from understanding, right? And so, what does that tell you, man? Like, mm-hmm. Rome, again, Rome wasn't built in a day. Like, yep. give, you, give yourself and your dog the time to um, understand a command and you will, you know, you will get out what you put in like yep. anything in life. I remember my sensei always said one thing is hey, accuracy first, speed comes later. Learn mm. the technique, do it slow, do it medium, do it fast, do it. And then start off where you can make that accuracy 100% and then let muscle memory in your body's understanding of doing it. It's exactly like dog behavior. Um, something here that I think is another, well, I don't know if it's, if it's about Bill and, um, um, quote or anything, but it says he mastery's excellence of the basic. I think I heard that from Pat Stewart. Um, don't name it mm, till you love that's, it. That's from the army. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, drive and temperament of the dog. So all these things come into a muscle memory, um, make training fun and engaging, but basically don't train for speed 
you don't you don't look for the speed of the dog you just keep doing the thing that you do and when the dog's in the right state of mind and knows exactly what to do and wants to get his reinforcement faster because he wants it fast because he may be really hungry or that he really wants the ball that he loves the most that's when you see he's like wow i got it and then you reward that one so um yeah good q a um and it's something for someone that some people don't really care about. It. Actually, in fact, you know, I put a v, um, on stories on Instagram the other day on Nucci's Pooch's talk, like just showing Nookie's behavior. I mean, obedience commands. And I mean, like heaps of people messaging me saying, oh, my God, I want that for my dog. And how do I make that happen? And I'm like, bro, remember, like, you know, she's five years old, eh? And <laughs> we've been doing this for ages. And like, it looks best now. And it looked better than it was last year. And and even last year was better than it was the year before. So um, it's important to just do it because you love it. And then, and then this, it looking beautiful comes with um being very good at with it. With understanding. So. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, 92 dog training is like learning a language and playing a sport. Yeah. That was a sick episode. Something that I've been te- that teach everyone all the time is think of communication and think of playing that game just exactly like the, the episode before. I love it how some like three episodes, like it happens to be like every couple of episodes, three of them line up perfectly to bounce off each other. Um, but, um, but just like it, a command becoming fast and flashy when you can teach it to be a language, like, Hey, I want you to do this. And Hey, let's do this together because we get to be engaged together. It's like, Oh, let's do it. And, um, and that's what you get from your recall in the park. Like he comes back to you cause he's hungry. But also there's a sense of, hey, I'm here. Is it for this one? And you're like, next one. Ah, oh, you got me. There's a there's a hidden little communication there. And then also becomes like he wants to outperform himself. Um, and that's what we start to see. So, um, yeah, it's really cool. Episode 93, reward markers and how to separate your marker and your release command. And that was a question that was sent in from by Hope. Um, so like Toppy's discussion about like, what is a durational marker, a terminal marker and a release command. And it's a quite a technical, um, episode. So I'm not going to talk too much about it. I want you to go check that out. Um, if that's something that you're working on and be confused at with your training currently. Check it out. All right. Um, mm, mm, 94. 94, what dogs can teach us. This is when we, when we hit back in lockdown for the second time. So just, um, reflecting on you know what dogs bring our lives in these kinds of stressful situations you yeah know, i've got how it can... adhering our daily routine like discipline equals freedom for both dogs and humans and foundations are always very important in life so we keep those foundations and structures so that when things get rocky and hard at least we have something holding us together and observing patterns of behavior talk less and listen more yeah. i think that's a good principle to follow man yeah, that's a and that actually got really deep Something right at the end. Guilty of. <laughs> no, we got real we got real like we got went to a real good spot at the end. Or was it that one? Oh no, hold on. It was that one when we were talking yeah, probably. together. Yeah, it was that one. Um all right, episode ninety five is another puppy one oh one series. And it's when is it okay to correct the puppy? It's like, oh, got a little gets a little bit heavy, a bit controversial. Should you correct the puppy? Um and the answer is yes, if it's appropriate and if it's the right intensity for the right behavior. Um, and generally, I think the only thing that we really kind of, I like, I would j- say that a puppy gets corrected for is for like very hard biting. Um, if you just come out of nowhere and like just sink your teeth into my calf, like you're going to get a little correction for that. Again, depending on how old it is, but um, you should basically be telling the puppy if you're if you're that type of dog. Um, again, I have to be very careful about how to 
give this advice out there because people can take it out of context. But um, don't not do it because you think you're going to do anything bad because sometimes not doing something like correcting a puppy for really shitty behavior can actually become the thing that is really bad later on. What do you Nip thoughts? it in the bud. Yeah, totally. Mm. Is it limp it in the bud or nip it in the butt? I'm always confused Bud, by that. like a flower, nip it in the bud. I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong, yeah. but I, I'm pretty sure that's where it comes from. Mm. Oh, interesting. You know, like nip it in the bud before it becomes... Anyway, who, who knows? Oh, yeah, before it before blossoms. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I'm going to check. I'm yeah. going to Google it later. There you go. All right, 96, the right way to get your dog out of the car. This is <laughs> this is another dog trainer's um, pet peeve, right? It pisses me off so badly. Um, look, people still to this day, like, you know, just yesterday, I'm just waiting for my client to rock up and that is like, hi. And like, just launches out of the car, just dra- getting dragged down the path, bam, and jumps on me. I'm like, what are you doing? Letting that dog jump on me. And like two people in the last week, let their dog jump on my car. Let their dog jump on my car. There's like scratches on my car. You know how annoying that is? I'm like, what the hell, man? It's like, oh, sorry. I'm like, you didn't think your dog was going to try to say hi to my dog when her head's at the window there? So annoying. So good etiquette. Check that out. If your dog's launching out of the car, you can. And there's a reason why I'm very annoyed by it. Check it out so you can learn how to get your dog out of the car appropriately. Very important. impulse control. Yes. All, All right. right. Ninety-seven. Lost your dog. What to do when a dog goes missing and how to yeah. prevent it? I just put it out there. I out myself because I lost my dog um, uh, for about eight hours, and I got it back safe and sound. All is good. It was my fault. Listen to that and listen to how we can own more of our mistakes so it doesn't become your experience. Mm. Um, Episode 98, doggy doors, tips and tricks. Um, Self-explanatory, if you're going to get a doggy door, listen to that episode. It only goes for like 10 minutes so it can give you some good tips about that because if you screw it up at the beginning, it takes a long time for a dog to get used to those untrusty booby traps that you've put there. So, um, yeah, awesome. And lucky last, number 99, was uh, Brent Dry came back on. We talked about uh, leash reactivity and building confident dogs. Yes. You know, we see leash reactivity either because your dog's insecure and lunges and barks because he's trying to, like, protect himself and make himself feel better. Um, but also they do, they lunge and bark and carry on because they want to say hi. And if that's the if that's the behavior that we don't want, what it is that we do want is focus and engagement on us. And we all, um, all three of us had a really good conversation about how we each individually would like to do it. And, and Brent actually um, came up and um, we'll discussed a few options and things that he does, which I have actually been bringing out to the, um, to my own training and. Yeah, and me too. The, um, so like trying to teach the dog to be a little bit more independent, independent, the confidence yep. building stuff. Mm. Um, and just look, we were always doing it. It's just, that's why I was saying before with the guests is that it's he said something in the way that I do it, but now to do it, but in a different, just with a little bit of a different twist kind of um, helps because certain people um, learn differently. And I think that was a really invaluable less um, episode. And I've actually been getting a lot of my clients to be listening to that because while we're currently working with the issues, um, us talking about it on, on that level was awesome. So um, Brent, if you listen to this, thank you for that episode because it was really handy and helpful. Um, for a lot of people, got a lot of feedback from that one as well. All and right, that that's it. it. We made our, it. Our 100 episodes. So obviously this is episode 101, um, but part two of all of that. It was really good to cover that, man. Um, as we said, wrapped up in last last week's episode. 
Um, and I'll just quickly say it is that it was really good, even for me personally, to be able to go through every single episode and to talk about it to you, everyone, and of course to you, Luke, because it um, kind of shows us where we came and what we've covered, but also um, it's a good little catalog for everybody. But for me and and brother to you, um, what an honor and a privilege it is to be doing one, well, you know, 101 episodes and more. Um, we should call it 101 Dalmatians. But um, to have all <laughs> Here's those- to the next 100, eh? Exactly. You know, good work, bro. Um, it's, been, it's been an awesome pleasure. And yeah, I'm looking forward to the next 100, eh? Good note to end on. Thank you, as always, to everyone who listens. Um, you know, we don't do this for nothing. Like, and we, if we didn't have listeners, we wouldn't be doing it. So thank you to yeah. you guys. Yeah, and man. Uh, look, always, always extend our gratitude and appreciation to you all. Um, you know, show us some love and, you know, um, share a story on your Instagram. Um, check us out on Instagram, Life With Your Dog Podcast. Um, we'll see you there. Um, any suggestions or, or any questions when answered, put them up there. Um, like our page, share it with a friend. And until then, keep training your dog. Bye. Bye.